You're watching Meet the Movie Press. And coming up, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi trailer, Josh Brolin as Cable, Dolph Lundgren and Aquaman, the animated Spider-Man movie, Jude Law's Young Dumbledore, so much. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Well, that just happened. Something big just dropped. That It, it sure did. And we have to talk about it immediately. Okay, I'm Jeff go. Snyder, editor-in-chief of The Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. Add it to your bookmark. Subscribe to the newsletter. Simon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at showbizsimon. You can find me on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson. And I stink of meat today. <laughs> I went for a barbecue meal last night. BBQ. And literally, I have meat coming out of my paws. So I, can, I can smell it. If I, I feel like we're like taping brisket, in Austin. I apologize for that. <laughs> I want to eat you. Um, <laughs> this morning... Minutes ago, mm. Simon and I just huddled up together. We did. It was cozy. We spooned. We spooned. Uh, and we watched The Last Jedi trailer. Yes. Star Wars The Last Jedi broke this morning out of Star Wars Celebration. You know that at Celebration, Orlando. they're literally having to wipe down the seats. People will have been literally <laughs> peeing I wonder how many times pants. they're showing it in a row there. <laughs> oh, God. You can just imagine. Like, let's watch it again. It's like a one massive nerdgasm. What did you think? Did you? Uh, I mean, it looked... It looked pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. I mean, it's understated. Um, I mean, it had what you would expect. Bit of, you know, bit of action. A uh, bit of melodrama. Um, a quotable line. What, what's the one at the end? Um, time for the Jedi to end. Got all the... It felt a little bit more classic. It did. Actually. Yeah, it felt, it felt more canon as far as the other Star Wars movies do. I think it's taken itself a little bit perhaps more seriously. And I think it's going to break away from, obviously, Force Awakens was basically New Hope updated. Um, I think it's, I'm genuinely excited about it, and I think we're going to start to see the brains in Star Wars with uh, with this, like we did in Rogue One. I really like the use of red mm. against like a stark white backdrop yeah. uh, in it the trailer. Looks beautiful. Oh yes, uh, they spent enough money, but um, twelve pounds. Ryan Johnson, man, this guy has come a long way. Yeah, I remember uh, when he came to NYU when I was there, uh, and he brought brick mm. to show us kids. And it, it, it has been remarkable to see what he has gone on to. Um, I love the the poster. You can almost feel his influence on the poster. It's very clean Again, and beautiful. Again, very classic. Very yep. simple and classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Luke facing off against Adam Driver. Yeah. Uh, and then it looked like Daisy in the middle. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for The Last Jedi. I, I'm not... I'm still... I am still don't think I'm converted yet on these films. Okay. But I, I think that any, you know, uh, of any, uh, uh, excuse me, of all of the filmmakers mm. uh, that have contributed to this recent round of movies, uh, Ryan Johnson is the one I'm really a believer in. He's always had a great eye, though. I mean, really simplistic, but very effective visuals. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely really looking forward to it as a movie and not just a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Which I think is great. Do you want to actually take a look at the trailer? I think we can actually do that today, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, man. Okay. Let's, let's, let's take a little look. Coming up. I'm assuming that this trailer has been approved for all audiences. Just 
out. That looks pretty fucking cool. It does, doesn't it? Disney knows how to give good trailer. It's, it's seriously, I mean, it's it's beautifully cut as well. I mean, just the the visuals and the atmosphere, and I like the fact that thank God they haven't given too much away. Uh, well, yes, because uh, sometimes there's you do still get that in plenty trailers. of mystery surrounding this yeah. movie. Oscar Isaac looked fucking awesome there, uh, running alongside BB-8. And can I just say, I really want. I don't, obviously, this is going to happen. But when trailers like this drop, there is so much analysis of the trailers, frame by frame. What are Mm -hmm. the things? What are this? What does this mean? What does that mean? I just, I don't want to know too much about that movie. I do want to go in and just have the spectacle, have another hand moment where it's like, what the fuck? I do want to go in there. Save that. Save that for later. We've got plenty of time for you to bust out the Kevin Hart impression. (laughs) (laughs) He was in my neighborhood this week. Really? Kevin Hart dropped by Barnes and Noble at the Grove. <laughs> Is that no, where you live? I do. I'm homeless. I live in the Grove. I live by the dumpsters. In the children's book aisle. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Reading Go the Fuck to Sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for The Last Jedi, because I know my mom's watching this, and she just can't take it. No, she it's too much. She can't take this Star Wars talk. <laughs> so instead, let's talk about like seven comic book movies in you a row. You know she's rewatching the trailer. You um, know she is. This week, mm. the mystery was finally solved. Mm-hmm. After much speculation, Josh Brolin has yeah. been cast as Cable in Deadpool 2. According to The Hollywood Reporter, it is a four-picture deal, which is wow. you know what I had heard had uh, sort of hamstrung the chances of other actors. They, they didn't want to commit to a long-term sort of thing. Sure, sure. Uh, Josh Brolin obviously plays Thanos because already Brosnan in the MCU. Is, is busy. Clearly. <laughs> He doesn't have any time on his hands. But but you know. So what did you feel? You know. What did you think about Josh Brolin? This Great movie? casting. What did you feel about it? What do I, What do you feel? What did you think? Um, I I genuinely was. I think it's it, it's not an exciting casting for me. Um, but I think he'll absolutely nail it. I mean, the minute that it, it broke, I was like, I can really see that, and that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, I mean, I loved him in Hail Caesar. I thought he was brilliant in Hell Caesar. I think mm-hmm. he's going to bring um, the, the physical, the physicality to it that I think you need for Cable, and I think he can handle a little bit of humor as well, very deftly. Um, so I'm genuinely looking for, and I think it'll work really well with Ryan. Yeah, as no, well. I, I think I, it'll be a really nice pairing on screen. I'm imagining like the Josh Brolin sort of from uh, from Death Proof. Yeah, uh, or from Grindhouse, I guess it was because yeah, so, yeah. it was really Planet Terror. Mm. Um, but you know, I th- I think he's good casting. I th- I, I knew that they wanted to star. I knew that they weren't going to like go out on a limb. But he's not too big a star, though. No, he's a fucking he's a star. Come on, I mean he like he's the lead in movies. 
He is. Whether, whether it's No Country or Gangster Squad or yeah. Uh, so I I do feel like they went the movie star route instead of like the Stephen Lang. But he's route. not like household name. Everybody everybody knows who Josh Brolin well, is. I, he yeah, grew, I mean, grew up in. But if you step out from from the filmiverse, I think there are people that they know him and they like him in movies. But he's not like a George Clooney or a Brad Pitt or no a, no no. He's you know, not no. Obviously. He's not a movie star. I mean, I, mean I, I think he's a movie star, but he's not a movie star capital M capital S. You know, for the, the man on the street, the, the, and, and that's fair. But yeah. um. I, I just I would have actually liked to have seen this role go to someone who we don't see very often. We get a healthy dose of Josh Brolin, it feels mm. like, each year. Mm. So in that sense, it is a little unexciting, as you said. It's a little yeah. safe and boring. And I don't mean that in a But in I think a bad I still way. think he will be good. Yeah. Oh, killed absolutely now. Yeah, I just would have liked to have like I I feel like this role could have gone to a whole number of older actors and mm. it would have been like crazy, like, you know, Ed Harris or something like that. Yeah. Um Anyway, I refer to Josh Brolin as old. One of these old actors. I mean, he's not old, but how yeah. old do you think he is? 45, 50? Yeah, 45. Um, I could do a Google. <laughs> we do have computers. Hey, today's in front of birthday's us. Josh Brolin. Uh,. So I think this was this was THR that broke this. He, they, yeah. they beat Ryan Reynolds, who you know who always likes to tweet out the news. He does. He, he's, he's had like funny graphics. Well, that's how we them. were told recently we were going to find out who was going to be Cable. Was it was Ryan was going to break it on on Instagram? Right. And that just Boris scooped him. Didn't happen. Uh, but I, I have to say I, I was proud of my team that we decided to to steer clear of the Michael Shannon and the David Harbour rumors. Like at a certain point, yeah, I do feel like it became a guessing game of sorts. You know, I know that I had thrown Kyle Chandler out there very early on, but that was yeah. before the project even had a director. That mm-hmm. was just like producer wish list stuff. Him and, and also him Stephen and as well. Davis. Stephen um, uh, from Avatar. Uh, Stephen Lang. Yeah, right. Stephen Lang, All yeah. those names were sort of like wish list sort of things mm. that all would have been great choices as well. They all would sure. Have... But, yeah, but that was before there was even a director on the project, and obviously he was going to have a, a big hand in yeah. things. Yeah, uh, and there was a switch on the you know in, in directors. Anyways, Josh Brolin is Cable. Do, does does it bother you at all? Does it matter that he already has a place in the MCU? No. Yeah, he's an because it's not a real. He's uh, he's an actor. He does he. It's a mocap voice role, but his face is not on screen. No, absolutely. So I don't really see the conflict there. No, I I I totally didn't cause me any issues with that whatsoever in the other corner of uh the mcu mm. shameek moore and liev schreiber yeah are going to be this. voicing uh the leads in animated spider-man shameek moore is going to be, be voicing miles morales yeah liev schreiber is going to be voicing an unknown villain pretty cool casting i think i mean liev schreiber has one of those you know amazing voices he does the inside not uh, is, is it inside the nfl or it's at hard knocks i forget mm, which one it's mm. one of those hbo shows i'm totally blanking but he has you know this great voice mm. and shameek moore i can totally see him as miles i mean Morales. i love him as an actor anyway i mean I, uh, pretty much everything he does even if he's in a not a great movie i just really enjoy watching him and he already played what Sabretooth? yeah in wolverine that's right correct. yeah <laughs> <laughs> didn't come back for that one <laughs> no uh he was badass I, he was really badass yeah no i i think he'll make a really good villain i'm, I'm actually strangely looking forward to this animated spider-man movie mm. uh, which comes from lord miller now i know i said that that uh, ice cube was going to voice miles morales's father you did just obviously there was ago, a yeah. lord and miller connection there with the 21 jump street movies yep, yep. i'm now being told that that is not going to work out Okay. Uh, I don't what, know. scheduling reasons? or I don't know why, because it's a, a voice role, and it's like, it seems like pretty easy money. Mm. Um, but, regardless, it's like, I got 
uh, Lee, the Liev Schreiber and Ice Cube names back in February. Okay. And I came on this show, and I just decided to say Ice Cube instead of Liev Schreiber. I could have rumored them both. I could have rumored Liev instead of Ice Cube. I just figured Ice Cube was, was the deal that was more likely to make, yeah. given his history with uh, Lord Miller and all that. Um, and and Liev has, has a TV show and everything. So it really, it's like, it's just luck of the draw. Yeah. Uh, also, Hollywood changes. Yeah. I, you know? I it, well, but it's like I'm trying to explain since this is me, the movie press, like my rationale into mm. putting something like that out there. I feel like Ice Cube gives all of his news to to Deadline to Mike Fleming at Deadline. I yeah. just figured I had a longer shot of legitimately breaking that, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I said it on here. Whereas Liev, I thought I actually stood a chance to to get that. Obviously, it was, instead it was slipped into a Shamik Moore announcement. It, sure. was, it wasn't even like the lead over it at Hollywood Reporter. So it was just an interesting way that I am looking at movie news in the yeah. course of a given day. No, absolutely. Um, we had over at, you know at, at Marvel's crosstown rival, yes, in DC, the Dakota. Yeah, we've got. Uh, it was a relatively slow week over there, but there was one awesome announcement. Yeah, what was, I was it, Simon? Very excited about this, Dolph Lundgren, which means he can't do Expendables Four, right? Which Sly oh, has already walked away from. Man. Bummer. Yeah, so he's going to play uh, one of the villains in the King Nereus. Is yeah. that it? Is that I you think that's it? how you pronounce it. I have no Not idea. Not really up on my sub aqua. So, so bad I, guys, you know the way that it was positioned. Uh, and again, I think this was also Hollywood Reporter. Mm. Um, Boris is on a roll this this very short week. Uh, by the way, a, a quick note on that: I love that like Hollywood was off for like Monday and Tuesday with the Jewish holidays. Like, there, yeah. Were, yeah, yeah, there were like no no deals going down. Uh, yesterday, I emailed Warner Brothers at four o'clock. The studio had already shut down for Easter weekend. One of the so, few studios that yeah. actually is is shutting down for Easter. Right. So so Thursday, it seemed like it was a half day yeah. on Thursday for Warner Brothers employees. So all this news that we're talking about today hit on Wednesday and Thursday morning. It was yeah. like a de- a crazy day Let's and get a it half all out. of fucking wild announcements. A lot of deals being done uh, that day. So, anyways, Dolph Lundgren. Um, the way that it was positioned is that he. Is sort of uh, a romantic rival for Mera. I believe so, for, yeah. Uh, a rival of Aquaman for Mera's affections. Uh, he feels like he owns Mera in a sense or that she belongs to mm, him and, mm. and he is, you know, trying to kill Aquaman or whatever. So I had described him in a tweet as like he's going to be playing one of the villains. Yeah. But director James Wan, God bless him. J-Dubs. Yeah. He, uh, he corrected me and he said that he's not really, he's not quite a villain. Okay. I, I mean, a romantic r- rival, I guess, wouldn't really be a villain. And we also don't know how big this part is. Sure. But cool to see Dolph Lundgren being in a huge studio movie. I will take any opportunity to see Dolph Lundgren back on the big screen. I mean, aside from the fact that I just really enjoy him as an actor, he does a lot of shit. A lot well, of his straight-to-DVD stuff is, Ivan Drago is well is a, below a classic, him. A classic character, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I genuinely enjoy I mean, still, for me, Master of the Universe is... A terrible film, but a massive guilty pleasure for me. He still has the He-Man. Exactly. That's what I was, I was just about to say. Yeah. He still has this like buff physique, and he's mm. a good-looking guy, and yeah. he's a very smart guy by he's all accounts, too. He's a very smart too. guy, yeah. Um, he's an astrophysicist. Is he? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's a cool addition to Aquaman. Um, that definitely bumps up the, the cool factor on that one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was kind Hopefully of indifferent has... towards Aquaman. I mean, Jason Moa, great. This looks, is, this looks is the one that puts it over like, the top this... for you? Not many people say Dolph Lundgren is the one that pushes me over the top, but yeah, I'm I'm now on board with this. Well, he's going to be awesome. Nicole Kidman is his mother, right? Yeah. First of all, that 
to me, that that's when I started thinking, wow, this cast you is see, really for, something. Yeah, I, I, I was excited by that. But for me, that was kind of like when they cast Rene Russo in, in Thor. Mm-hmm. I was like, great, but that's like character actor, female role, doing her thing, might not be a big part. I was like, she's going to do an excellent job. They wanted her for what she was in negotiations for Wonder Woman's mother at one point. Yeah. So now she's Aquaman's yeah, mother. Yeah, so I'm kind of like Dolph Lundgren actually But that actually makes sense, is... given it with the Australia thing. That is true. Anyways. That is true. Aquaman, just getting cooler. Uh, yeah. And then another, I mean, God, so much franchise news. Jude Law. Yes, yeah. is young Dumbledore. That was our pal Justin Crow of our variety, beating nice the release by mere minutes. Uh, he's been the first choice for that role for quite a while, though. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. Oh, he's, really? He's been the the go to guy mm-hmm. for for quite a while on that. There, there were some other people in, you know, sort of, you know, they, they were looking at as Plan B and Plan C. But he's he's been the guy that they wanted for about a year now. So. No, I, I don't. You know, I'll do respect to J.K. Rowling. I, I don't pay attention to this franchise, so I. I, I I can't say whether I like it or not because I didn't really know Dumbledore. Mm. You know, I don't know what would make a good young Dumbledore. So I'm going to see the floor to you. Like, are you, are you a fan of this casting? Am I a Harry Potter fan? I would probably say not a massive fan. I do enjoy the movies. I can, you know, take or leave them. I did enjoy Fantastic Beasts. Um, but I do like Jude Law. And, you know, like Colin Farrell, he's having a few roles at the moment, young Pope, etc., etc., where we're actually getting to see Jude Law you know, really sort of do his acting chops rather than just being attractive male tentpole star. Um, I'm I'm genuinely, you know, interested in seeing this. For me, it balances out that Johnny Depp element from Fantastic Beasts where, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, Johnny Depp again doing kooky character. This, to me, is kind of like the the Ezra Miller kind of level of casting interesting stuff where you were going to see someone with with gravitas. And I think from, from Dumbledore as a character... Being one of the, you know, the lovey, one of the actor roles in, in the Harry Potter stuff. We're going to get to see him do something really interesting, I think. And I like watching Jude Law. I think he's great. I do see, I, I'm just I happy for Jude Law because I, I like him too. Yeah. Uh, and there were plenty of funny uh, young Pope to so young I think Dumbledore. We're going to see some there. of the gravitas that we saw in the Har- Harry Potter movies coming through. Warner, what I thought was interesting this. is just that Warner Brothers loves this guy. Yeah, you know, very uh, much. Yeah, he's in. Uh, sorry, King Arthur coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contagion. They really gave yep. his, his started his career pretty much with like. Um, I know he had uh, talented Mr. Ripley, but then mm. he did AI, where mm-hmm. he was the yeah the robot, the male prostitute or whatever. Anyways, but no, I'm I'm, I'm La, genuinely genuinely like, yeah I'm 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 on board with that. When's he so. going to do a fucking superhero movie? I don't know. That's coming. That day is definitely coming, my friends. Yeah, I mean, he would. Would you want him as a as a as a goodie or a baddie? I think he'd make a really kick ass villain. Yeah, I would love to see him play. He would make a brilliant Lex Luthor. You think so? I think he'd be a brilliant Lex Luthor. I mean, I'm assuming that Jesse Eisenberg is not coming. What about back. the Riddler? Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. <laughs> I would All be right. on board for that. <laughs> Let's move this along. So you can see some blogs saying, you look in the in the running for the Riddler. You you pick what's next. Uh, okay, let's talk about Labyrinth spinoff. Is it a spinoff or is it a reboot? I I've didn't read, understand that, actually, that I've language. I've read different things. You know, some people are saying it's a spinoff. Some people are saying it's a reboot of the original film. Obviously, classic movie. It's um, just another world set in the Labyrinth, I guess. I mean, I, I would assume so. I mean, you can't. You know, I mean, Labyrinth is a, is a classic, but it's a slightly flawed movie. I watched it again recently on a plane. Um, I do really enjoy that movie. I don't want to see them redo that. I would be very interested in seeing within that world. It's a huge world. 
lots of characters. I, in I that. have no idea, uh, yeah, what the, what the plan is for this really. But uh, Fede Alvarez is yeah. now at the helm. Yes, and it's that's Sony, cool. I believe. Yeah, because I really yeah. liked Don't Breathe, and and Sony's a big believer in this guy. Um, yeah, sometimes you kind of have to hook your sink your hooks into a filmmaker, and it seems like Sony is doing that with with Fede. And again, um, I think he's one of those simplistic directors where the visual and the tension and stuff are very very simple, mm-hmm. but very very effective. So he won't over-egg it. Right, I think he's, he's doing the, right the next Lisbeth Salander movie. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Spider's Web. Spider's Web, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're big believers in him, and uh, I, I think he's a strong fit for the material. I mean, there's a certain darkness to his stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to see them revisit the characters from the original movie. I would like to see something different. I don't want to see a new Goblin King. I don't think you can touch David Bowie. But back in the day, this was at Variety, and this was like fucking years ago, mm. uh, five or six years ago or something. I don't even remember. But uh, I had heard Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård for the Goblin King. Okay, I could I could buy that, and He actually. has that lean, huge, giant physique. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Fassbender, he's available. You could kind of pull off Bowie hair, I don't know. He could do. He could. He could. He could do. He can do anything. That, um, that Alexander Skarsgård. But I would. I would rather see you know something a, a new strand. But don't ever ask um, uh, Jennifer about the labyrinth. She hates talking about that. Hmm. I, I did. You make I, the mistake of bring that I up. I made her? the mistake of asking her about it. I can't. It was for a, a, that terrible Ron Howard comedy that she did with like Vince Vaughn and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah that was awful. Not good with Kevin and, James, right? Yeah, and I I asked about Labyrinth then, and she really doesn't like talking about Labyrinth. Channing, oh, it was a long time ago. I like Channing Tatum in that movie, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I can't even remember the movie that we're there even talking about. There are many plus points about that film. But what was it called? It was. Ah, shit. <laughs> That's well, basically, that me. would have been a good title for it. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was not a great. Um... The dilemma. Yes. <laughs> there was no dilemma about whether what? you should see that film. No, you what shouldn't. What a title for a cover of comedy. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, it wasn't funny. You know what sounds funny? What does sound funny? Night School, starring Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> did I mention he was in my neighborhood this week? Yes, you yeah, did. You did. You yeah, did. Yeah. did you talk to him? Like I didn't. I did think you about. Just, like pointed him. I was actually <laughs> no. That'd be terrible. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> uh, no, I I did think though. I mean, I was living. You know, I, I live not far away from there. And, and, and you I was... saw him. It wasn't like you saw him like in a magazine. Like, oh yeah. No, no, no. He was doing a like a um uh as as like a FaceTime, so a Facebook you... Live thing. So you think... And I did think I was working from home that day, and I was oh. like, I yeah. Uh, I might go down to the Grove. And I went, no, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little creepy. Yeah. But he would probably appreciate your impression. He so, would. I'm uh, sure he would love that. I'm sure you can improv- improvise some dialogue <laughs> off this log line. <laughs> Heart, uh, Night School, based on an idea by Kevin Hart that he co-wrote with his, with his mm-hmm. uh, band of merry men. Correct. Uh, he's going to be playing a guy who goes to night school yeah. to try to get his GED. Him and a, and a band of misfits. I did. First Against of all, when I heard it was Night shot. School, I was like, is that Night with a K? Is it a sequel to the terrible Martin Lawrence Lawrence movie? I knew where you were going with that. Uh, Night school. I've never. I don't think I've ever had to go to night school besides when I was studying to get my license. Mm. Um, I've never been to night school. It sounds like fertile ground for shenanigans. It could be like fist fight, but good. What's What's interesting to me about this was that. You know, Kevin Hart obviously did the Ride Along franchise yeah. with Tim Story, who's yeah. going to do this movie, and, yeah. and producer Will Packer. Tim does comedy uh, very, very well. Right, so he did He did that with Ice Cube. He did Central Intelligence with The Rock. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem to be a two-hander in the same vein. Like, he is definitely going to be the star front yeah. and center 
and the other band of misfits will be his supporting cast, his mm-hmm. entourage, if you will. You know, even the wedding ringer, he was with Josh Gad. Like, I don't, I wonder if they will get a comedic equal for him in this film, or he can just take it alone. That's what I'm. I would like about. to see him play off a, a a dry female. Him and Kate McKinnon would be great. Yeah, Kate McKinnon. Um, there's oh god, uh, now doing the movie. Uh, oh god, Jillian. Jacobs? Yeah. Okay. I would. Well, that's very community, I feel like. A little bit. Yeah. But they'd play really well together because she is brilliantly sardonic. Uh, I like her on on Love. Yeah, true. Okay, so we're not getting any Kevin Hart. We're not going to get any any improvised, like, I'm in night school. (laughs) Where's my book? (laughs) Where's my pants? Bitch, throw my pants. But also, we're talking... That's all I've got. You know, I'm sure he'd be genuinely a little bit offended if I did that. Impressed? No, I, 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 listen. You I do, didn't get you... in that school. <laughs> Am I like that with Anna? You, Where's the rock? You do it out of love. I do. I do. It's an affectionate. We we yeah. To be clear, I uh, do it to we... his face. Maybe I should though. <laughs> he might find it quite funny. We love Kevin Hart and we, we love the Rock on this show. We do. And talking of the Rock. There's more. There's. I don't even have rock news on my well, shit. Well, turned up on Jungle Cruise at Disney the other day. What? You mean the production thing? Like it's going to start production in a few months? Well, I, I guess so. He turned up basically on you know, a Jungle Cruise ride at yeah. Disney. He basically turned up as like one of the the impromptu oh, he turned skippers. Up- Oh, I see. Well, yeah, because yeah, he's doing the movie. Jungle, Jungle Cruise it. movie, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about the story itself, where I was like, no. uh, okay. Yeah, so he, that's pretty cool, though. How, how psyched would you be if you were at Disney, and then all of a sudden, The Rock turns up and captains your ship? It's not a euphemism. but nope. <laughs> Hey, hey, Dwayne, you can captain my ship. It's not, it's not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That does sound like a lot of fun. I, I genuinely, I'm a little bit worried that he's doing a lot of these sort of family-friendly movies. I do like him when he's being, you know... You want to see, like, badass, badass. R-rated rock. Yeah, I do enjoy that. And I'm just a little bit like, he does He does a spate of these movies every now and again. Because The Rock is family. for everyone. The, I want the Rock just for me, though. Well, I mean, Baywatch is R. Yeah, yeah true. That's, forward that to is that. restricted. That is not for the kids. No. Um, base, I might be interviewing him actually next weekend. He's in LA, so I might be having a little chat with him. I could do my oh. Kevin Hart impression for for him. Yeah, I see think. if he gets really offended and punches me in the face. No, I, I think he'd, he'd love it. He would. He would love it, he's Dwayne. The, yeah, he's the man. He's a bit of a laugh. Um, okay, coming to America sequel. Oh yeah, hello. Did not expect that news. I thought it was like from the Onion this week when I read that. Uh, yeah, I had sort of heard about it a couple of weeks ago, and and finally mm-hmm. got the confirmation yesterday. It happened to be the day after Charlie Murphy died. Um, and it's yeah, the story is that is that the original writers and and people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got plenty of shit yesterday because these guys, you know, like the original writers, and they steal this from Art Buckwald. Like, you know, how can he be coming back to write the script? He's dead. Yeah. Uh, Barry Blaustein, David Sheffield are coming back. Have they have closed a deal at Paramount to write a sequel for Coming to America? I don't know where they can take this. Really? Because I actually was thinking, and I'm let, okay. Before I begin, let, okay. me, let me put okay. forth a blasphemous opinion, mm. whereas that I think Coming to America is overrated. Take that back. I know. It's like, a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I think I saw it when I was too young, and maybe a okay. lot of the jokes went over my head, mm-hmm. so maybe it is definitely worth going back and, I and would reassessing. Yeah. 
But, you know, based on my one viewing as a 14-year-old, you know, I did not love When the you movie. knew nothing, clearly. Yes. Uh, I was just a, a budding little movie squirt. Anyways, uh, I, j- I think that there's there's ripe, fertile ground for this, given America's okay. stance on immigration and, and that kind of stuff, and foreigners, and, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's a, Imagine, like, um, Borat. Yes. You know, if, like, I don't know. Like a black a, a Borat. Bla- a black Borat with, with Eddie Murphy. Do you think he'll do all the characters in the, the barbershop and stuff again? Rocky Marciano! Rocky Marciano! I have no idea, but... I can I can actually see this somehow working. The move, by the way, the movie in 1988 made like 288 million dollars, which yeah. I I didn't even bother to to convert that, but that's like a lot of money. That's like a yeah. 400 million dollar comedy. It was a big hit. Yeah, and it couldn't have cost much. So uh, it, I, would, it, I think it makes sense. Do you think they'll bring back Arsenio Hall? He's that I, that I don't know about. Um, I He's don't know available. about any of that supporting cast. To be honest. I mean, you would think that they would have to, like... James Earl Jones? You'd have to bring back James Earl Jones. How could you not? Um, how could you not? But as far as I know, it is being developed with Eddie. So the interesting thing was, after doing a little bit of research yesterday, Eddie tweeted out something a, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. teasing a sort of Coming to America sequel. Where he, like, put a, a photo up, and okay. people were asking all these questions. And then he claimed that his account had been hacked, and... <laughs> Uh, and and deleted not just the tweet but the entire account. <laughs> he left he left the service after the uproar that this tease caused. And then TMZ of all places did some digging and confirmed with sources close to Eddie that he is working on a sequel. Okay, that he's they actually said that he was writing a sequel. I'm sure he has a hand. I'm sure he's working with David and Barry who, who mm-hmm. are like who are like 65, 70 years old. By he the gets, way, he gets very involved in these projects. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, he's worked closely with these guys yeah. for years. Nutty, nutty professor, boomerang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they all go way back. Um, and yeah, Eddie has his team. They've, you know, they've closed the deal. So I imagine why would you bring those guys on to write if it wasn't for Eddie? You mm-hmm. know, he's going to be coming back. What do you think the chances are of Kevin Hart getting on board? If, I would like dude, to see Eddie Murphy, Kevin Hart, and Bettina would be fucking amazing. Yeah, right. Yep, that, that brilliant. I mean, I, I hope Paramount watches this. Ugh. Just saying. I mean, if you're looking for Kevin, he's at the Grove a lot, turns out. Anyways, so, but, stalk him there. So I, I take it you're familiar, uh, and we have to read, read our ad soon, but I take it you're familiar with Black Twitter. I am, yes. Dude, Black Twitter had a field day with this news yesterday. Like, I'm still getting notification alerts. It's, it's, a gig- it's been a gigantic story, which is pretty funny, considering it's a, it's, the story's about a writing assignment, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> for for film, two seven-year-old white guys. The film has such a huge following. Yeah. Such a huge fall. Yeah, that's what I learned yesterday. Like, and also, I still believe... It means a, a lot, especially to the black community. Yeah. Well, also, Eddie Murphy is... You know, there's still a hunger for his stuff. He just hasn't had a lot of projects. And obviously, Mr. Church didn't really hit the mark. I no, think it didn't. People are desperate for, for Eddie Murphy to come back and do what he does we best, which is, it. you know, comedy like this. I think it's great. All right. Um, let's, let's, re- mm-hmm. let's get into it with, yeah. uh, with Blue Apron. So one of the reasons that we can do this show is the fact that we have sponsors, which is absolutely fantastic. They invest in this and they invest in us. And because of that, we're able to do what we do for you guys. Um, If you like the show, really appreciate it. Subscribe, we treat, tell everybody. Um, Tell them about Blue Apron as well, because it's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the entire country, America. 
is pretty big, Jeff. In case you did not realize that. Pretty big place. Uh, so their mission is basically to make incredible home cooking accessible to everybody. Um, it achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for their ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Did you know that they established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across America? Obviously, American jobs are really important right now. Seafood is sourced sustainably, which is really, really important right now, uh, under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay um, Aquarium Seafood Watch, which is a, a hugely important program. Uh, so what does it do? It basically, it, it, cooking together builds strong family bonds. Uh, research shows that the Blue Apron families um, cook nearly three times more often than families that don't use Blue Apron. Uh, and those who spend a lot in restaurants or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Obviously, if you eat out a lot, you'll know what a good bargain that is. I do. Okay, so it's affordable. For less than $10 a person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes. So none of this like... You can have it all year round. It does change as, as the seasons do with the food. Uh, with pre-portioned ingredients, which means that also the waste is minimal. Uh, it's easy, it's flexible, it's guaranteed. Their freshness guarantee promises that every single ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they will make it right. There's none of this like half-rotten tomatoes. None of that shit. Everything that arrives at your house is good to go. So, what do you do? You want to get on board with this, obviously, because it's delicious and movies and food go well together. Uh, You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, two frees, really important, not paying for that, uh, by going to blueapron.com slash meat, M-double-E-T, not meat as in how much meat did I eat last (laughs) night? I smell like brisket. Uh, Blueapron.com slash meat. That's blueapron.com slash meat, M-double-E-T. Wonderful. And with that... Let's talk about some more movies. Let's talk about The Fate of the Furious. Yes, I did not see this, unfortunately. Holy shit, really? Yeah. What were you doing last night? You couldn't go see an 8 o'clock show? Well, I was eating meat. Yeah. This is Hollywood. Um, That sounded quite rude, actually. Uh, But yeah, no, I I was going to go to a screening this week, but on Tuesday night, I went to uh, Seder. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Good for you. Mm, isn't that great? Uh, I saw this back at CinemaCon. I guess now I can talk about it. Yeah, I think you can. Um, first of all, let's give it up to uh, give it up to, Univer- to Universal mm-hmm. for, for this publicity bush. Yeah. Because this movie has been everywhere. Saturation, they yes, call it. Yes, they, uh, they definitely did their job. Um, I loved... Did you... <laughs> I, I was, like, impressed and horrified by Bloomberg's statistics thing. Did you see that? I did not see that. It was unbelievable. I don't know how many reporters they had watching all seven Fast and Furious movies, but they did like detailed graphs for if like just like shit nobody needs to know. Yeah, nobody cares about. <laughs> That's not a shit day at the Bloomberg office. It was just like this is what hey, you're Brian. devoting all this uh, journalistic energy to. I, it was hilarious. Um, Good content. Uh, the uh, Bill Simmons had Neil Moritz on the on his podcast. Yes, that was an illuminating chat. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of interesting stuff. R- Ringer had a, ho- a great package for uh, Fate of the Furious, including why Corona is like the official drink of the franchise, even though there's no money exchanging hands. Like, okay, you know they're not paying to be in the movie. Universal's not paying them for, for the right to use the brand. Yeah, uh, I don't know. A lot of interesting stuff out there about Fate of the Furious. Did you see that uh, the rap had a, a great story from uh, Umberto Gonzalez about uh, filming a tag with Dwayne Johnson and I did Jason see this. Statham? Yeah, and vi- they didn't tell Vin Diesel about it. And he fl- and when he found out, he flipped Lost out. Shit, yeah, uh, and Universal had to recall prints. Like that is beyond. That's money. That is 
you know, when you're recalling prints and having to send them back out again, that's a different thing. Also, apparently that sequence is absolute badass. It was going to lead to a possible spin-off or, or something else. I would love to see those guys going head-to-head. Wow. kicking lumps out of each other. So I would this, love that, to see that. That scene in, in Fate of the Furious, which, again, <clears throat> I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining to watch. It's too long, and I, it's felt very familiar. Um, it, mm. it just it lacked a certain something. It lacked some magic without Paul Walker. It really did feel a little familiar. Um, but, again, still better than a lot of shitty Temple movies that, oh, that, that we God. see. Yeah. And so, it's just meant to be dumb fun. I mean... And it is very dumb. Uh, and it is fun. So the scene with Dwayne and Jason Statham is actually really good. Cool. And I can see how there are rumors or, like, you know, internal discussions. Hey, should we be spinning this off, these two guys? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... so And that would not hurt Statham. I mean, you know, as much as I love Jason Statham, a lot of his movies have not really done box office in the way that they potentially should have done. You know, I mean, he's an international They've done okay. Player. Yeah, I mean, he, people would go and see that in droves. Um, but yeah, it's... it's. I understand if you're Vin Diesel mm. and you're the creative steward of this franchise or whatever with Chris Morgan and you're the face of the franchise now with Paul Walker gone and you find out about this. But is he Whoa. now the face of the franchise? Because I think The Rock is now the face of the franchise for Fast and Furious, mm. which I think is where some of the, some of the, the rub comes from. I mean, yes, that is true, but Vin, Vin is still the face of the franchise. Mm. Like, you know, it, yeah, he, he just is. But you see, I mean, I, as much as I love Vin Diesel and I, I do enjoy the Fast and Furious movies, I think they're massive fun. I think it's it's The Rock that's bringing people, not Vin Diesel. I don't think he's, uh, when you compare no. what the draw is, I he, think they like, people they love enjoy him Vin in, Diesel. It, it adds down to they love him in this character, The Rock. Mm. Because he's in so many things, you know, like I, I don't think that Fast belongs to him because he belongs to so many different properties. Yeah, if you, you know what I'm saying, like <clears throat> Vin Diesel is so closely associated, uh, yeah. associated with this one. Anyway, so it's like the, that rap story, though, and I, I'm not going to get into specifics. But uh, apparently, uh, we're going to see it on, a, on, a, on, on the home entertainment release now. Apparently, we're, we're going to see that as like I have an no extra. Idea. It really was just the tip of the iceberg regarding some of the rumors that I've heard about the behind the scenes mm, on this on mm. this movie. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I guess what's crazy is just like, I, I, I actually talked to s- several colleagues at CinemaCon okay. about sort of what I'd heard. And I, I don't even think that I would, I could get away with reporting it as a white reporter. I think that people would put a racial connotation okay. on a, a sort of like in, you know, behind the scenes story. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't even go over well, which I think speaks to a lot to the, you know, the climate in this country yeah um where where a reporter's race is going to sort of dictate how his story is received and uh, mm. you know that kind of thing but anyways I, i'm not here to to speculate about that kind of shit in public so i'm not i'm not going to talk about it um but we can talk about another project with a ton of drama oh well before we pivot um yes. and, and we're gonna pivot to triple frontier over a paramount yeah why don't you talk about the box office for fate of the furious because it's not quite it's doing not, as well as furious 7 no i mean it, thursday night previews it did uh, 10.4 million and and uh fast 7 did uh 15.8 so it's 
you know, it's it's a little it's a little bit behind at the moment. I mean, they're still looking at it doing um, 100 million for the weekend domestic, which is fine. Uh, 280 million worldwide. Yeah, I mean, they're um, they're still in good shape. Yeah, I, it's it's far from being a flop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you think that you know Kong is what 500 million for its its right. run, and this is going to take over half of that likely globally. But it does uh, Fast and Furious. I did a piece um, for Forbes on this, and I'm going to be revisiting it in a slightly different angle on Monday, mm-hmm. um, when we know the box office for this. Um, the majority of, of the box office for this, like many franchises, actually comes from overseas. Yes. So if it doesn't have a monster... I mean, still, 10.4 million is not to be sniffed at for previews, and certainly 100 million is, is not a yeah, shitty opening weekend. It's a solid weekend. But a lot of that, I think it was the last one, was 70-something percent was actually non-domestic box office. Mm-hmm. Only generally 30 to 45 percent is actually made within the US. Um, so it's looking at that. I mean, the last one did, what, 353 million domestic through its entire run, which was 1.5 billion worldwide. So it's going it, to, you know, I'm going to put $20 on the table now and say it's going to make a billion. See, that's that's what I think. I, I it's going to make a billion, the, maybe one, 1. 1.2, 1. Right. 1. 1.1. 1. 1.1 is exactly what I was yeah. going to guess. If you look at the domestic opening uh, last night, just 10 compared to 15, you're looking at two-thirds, right? yeah. yeah. Two thirds of one point five billion is is a billion, and you know probably be a little bit higher. Um, so and it's 1. what a lot, a lot of other studios would literally they would sell a kidney. Yeah, but to I, get an I, I, I don't think that, that this will reach the the heights of Furious Seven. I don't think it'll hit one point five. So. No. Uh, still a win, one in the in the win column for Universal, especially given all the drama that happened with this. And they've got a couple of other movies coming out this, you know, sort of heading into the summer, like Despicable Me uh, 3, which is probably going to be, you know, quite easily again. Universal's you know, poised for a big year. They have, yeah, they have it's a big be, slate. The Mummy, I'm, I'm really excited for The Mummy, not just as a Tom Cruise guy, but as someone who wants to believe in that universe. Yeah. Uh, which we're also going to talk about later. Um, but but uh, real quickly, uh, for... for but I am going to see that this I'll, weekend, I'll, so. I'll leave you on with like with like this little note, okay. just like who's going to direct <clears throat> part nine? You know, I was asking a source, sort of like, "Hey, who's going to star in part nine? Who's mm. going to be like the new cast edition, that kind of stuff?" And they were like, "That's not the question you should be asking. You should be qu- asking who's going to direct this movie." I think they're going to bring back Justin Lin. Yeah, I think so. They could, because I, I don't think F. Gary Gray will be back. No, I don't think so. I think um, I think Justin Lin. I think possibly I'd like to see <clears throat> James Wan. <clears throat> He's at the I helm. Mean, he seems a little busy. He seems a little busy, but we're not going to see another Fast and Furious going into production for probably a year. I think then he'll be finished on Aquaman. <sighs> I think, and I, I don't think James Wan uh, will be coming back either. John McTiernan. John McTiernan is still very available, though, Universal. But would you like to see someone with, I mean, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but someone with a bit more gravitas come in and do this? You know, the, the likes of a Ben Affleck or a Matt Reeves or a, a someone else. To, to, because I think the biggest no. flaw in the Fast and Furious movie is sometimes when the, when the movies aren't, aren't as good as the other entries in the franchise, it's down to character. Set pieces, they've got that shit nailed. That's not a problem with that mm-hmm. area. But I think it's the character and the chemistry and the interaction. And I think if you then, if there if there are struggles within the casting and you want that to go away, I think you need someone who's going to build a really strong character. So maybe you do need someone like a a Matt Reeves or a, a Ben Affleck to bring out that kind of character thing. Yeah, and I don't. I I think uh, this franchise. It has it has thrived embracing its stupidity, kind mm. of, uh, and in how ridiculous it has become, and it has become ridiculous. It is now venturing into uh, oh. James Bond territory. Yeah, 
Um, I think it needs a little bit of a reset. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, a little bit of a... But but I think someone like Ruben Fleischer would be fine doing this. I don't think it needs someone nearly as talented as, as Matt Reeves or, or Ben Affleck. I Ryan think Johnson? I, he's not coming in to do Fast and Furious Robert 9, Redford. <laughs> I say that after he's, he did Star Wars 8. I'm like, why would he do, <laughs> why would he do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ruben Fleischer would be fine. Bill Condon? Like this. Bill Condon? Yeah. Oh, well, you want to move on? No, I was, well, I was going to say, no, he, I mean, I'm, oh. we will move on to, to what he's going to, you know, be working on next, but I think he might. Bill Condon doing a Fast and Furious movie? Why no. not? No, no, no. People no. said that when he no. took on Beauty and the Beast. No, they didn't. <laughs> I don't think they did. <laughs> I he think... had done Dreamgirls, so that actually made sense. Needs uh, more musical. Anyways, Bill Condon is doing Bride of Frankenstein he is, up yeah. at Universal. Uh, for their classic monsters universe, that I think is a good hire. Now, I, while I would have loved to have seen Universal hire a, a female filmmaker, yeah. for Bride of Frankenstein, a lot of good female horror directors out there. Uh, Condon actually makes sense. He has deep roots uh, in horror. He directed yep. Gods and Monsters, which is about James Whale, who directed Frankenstein yeah, and Bride great of Frankenstein. Movie. If you haven't seen that, you should really check that out. Yeah, yeah. Brendan it, Fraser is good in it, and he you did, don't say that very often. And and he did uh, and he did the Candyman sequel. He did Candyman Two: Farewell to the Flesh. So Condon goes way back with this genre, and uh, I actually think he's a really good fit, especially as Beauty and the Beast crosses a billion dollars worldwide. You can you can count on his movies to make money. He also did the, the last two Twilight films. Two good suggestions going back to Fast and Furious. What? Um, Mel Gibson, he wouldn't do it, but not a not a bad, oh my God. not a ridiculous. And James Gunn. I mean, obviously James is busy, but Scott Derrickson. I don't no. see any of these guys. No, no. The, the... John McTiernan? No. The, the, like the, fa- Ball. the Fast franchise is, is not for someone who want, who has already done those big movies. Brenna. And so this is another big franchise and it makes sense. And No, no, no. This is for someone who's like on the way up and wants to be one of those directors. Okay. Yeah. Jordan Peele. I'm just naming people now. The, the, Directors that I know. The Jordan, like, you know. Scorsese. Remember, remember that Warner Brothers story that I, yeah. I you know, I, I, I've said that Warner Brothers really wants to be in business with Jordan Peele. Yeah. Uh, Akira, The Flash, they're, you know, looking at a whole bunch of things for him. Mm-hmm. I forgot that one of them was um, Uptown Saturday Night. Ooh. Do you know that movie? Yeah. Yeah, they were going to have, you know, Denzel and Will Smith do it, and it was going to be Adam McKay directing. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, McKay has, has moved on at this point. They would love to get Jordan Peele directing a movie like that. That would be awesome. Um, I don't know if Will Smith is still on board, though. I think it might just be Denzel. But with Jordan mm. Peele, what if, like, it was Jordan Peele directing himself and Denzel? <laughs> Dude, how do you turn down that opportunity? That would be awesome. <laughs> that, would, that would be I really would funny. That. And that's right in his wheelhouse. Uh, that, you know, that's like an old school comedy with, what, Bill Cosby? Mm. And who was the other one? I forget. Anyways, I can't remember, but yeah, that's a great movie. That uh, was so good. So that, that, yeah, that was we talked about Bill Connor doing Brian of Frankenstein. Good mm-hmm. hire for Universal there. Um, Paramount, Triple Frontier. Let's back yes. it up. Okay, cool. Lot of drama around this movie. Mm-hmm. J.C. Chandor was a month away from going into production with Tom Hardy, Channing Tatum, and Mahershala Ali. That's a pretty bankable cast, Channing mm-hmm. and, and Tom Hardy. Uh, and Paramount pulled the plug. You know, weeks after Jim Giannopoulos takes over the studio. Uh, you know, apparently it had to do with script changes that J.C. Chandor had done that Hardy was not receptive to. Okay. Although I'm not sure if Hardy asked for those changes and then the studio was like, what the fuck is this? I'm not mm. sure how it all went down. 
getting, uh, I guess, some conflicting reports there, but kind of a bummer. Mm. This is a Mark Bull script, Oscar, you know, Oscar-winning yep. writer. Um, and that's a pairing I would have genuinely liked to have seen on the screen. Hardy and, and Channing. Yeah, I would have really, really had fun with it that. It sounds super cool. I don't know what the movie's actually about. Mm. I just know where it's set, Triple Frontier, like, you know, on, on the tri-border area. But um, I never under- I never got, like, the hook. No. Like, what is this? Like, who are they playing? Like, what are they up well, against? I think with, with the casting, it's one of those movies where I, I think the audience would just get on board because of the two leading men. You would I think, think so. Yeah, I would have thought so. I would be curious to find out exactly what, what happened with that, because usually when it comes down to writing, right. they can find some way of getting around that. How bad was that. this script? Yeah. But how... It, it can't have been that bad, because these guys wouldn't jump on a script that was really, really bad. Do you know what I mean? But maybe they jumped on the Mark Bull script and then J.C. Chandor came on and rewrote it. I don't, I don't understand mm. w- what happened. But again, that, that already happened to J.C. on Deepwater Horizon. I, I was a big fan of The Most Violent Year. Um, but I didn't... And, and I guess I liked Margin Call and I don't think it was nearly as great no. as everybody said. Well, it was a good drama. And I didn't, I didn't love All is Lost either. Mm. The Redford movie. So I'm like mixed on, on J.C. He's mm. a nice guy. Um, and, I, and I hope that this movie... You know, comes back together. He moves on to something cool, but I guess it's better for Paramount to speak up now, uh, or for the stars to speak up now, than than have shit go down during production. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, we, we were go. talking about box office earlier for for Fate of the Furious. Um, uh, this week, apparently, it's it's quite early because we're we're like three three or four weeks out from from it opening. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is looking at one hundred and fifty million dollars for an opening weekend. Woo! Um, it's way higher than it's, the original's ninety four million, right? Yeah, considerably higher. Um, I, Captain America: Civil War was one hundred and seventy nine million, I think. Um, I, I think you know Guardians could do upwards of yeah. Tracking is always low. Yeah, I, I would think. say I think it's easily going to touch one hundred and seventy five million, mm-hmm. possibly one hundred and eighty, um, because anticipation for this film is is so good, and people obviously they love the first one. Um, a lot of people went to see that, you know, repeatedly, which was great. Yeah. Um, and people have really got an affinity with the characters, and there's been a lot of talk around it, and they've obviously added to that with, like, the, you know, the likes of Kurt Russell. So I think you're going to, you know, add a bit of heritage audience to that as well. I think 150, you know, as you say, is a little bit low right now. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to go high 170. 175, 180 possibly Ooh, as well, wow. which is great. Um, okay, elsewhere. Uh, yeah. We've got three minutes left. One cool. of them I want to spend talking about Detroit, but uh, quick mm. news hits. It looks like there could be an animated Watchmen movie on the horizon. Yeah, I to saw Hal 